This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I am your host, Lorez, and Movies is a new NPR-style talk radio program about film. The goal of these episodes is not necessarily to review the movies being discussed, although that kind of thing, I suppose, goes hand-in-hand with analysis. Each week, I am going to be talking about a different film, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a new release, but to start off the show, I do want to get into some of the bigger names of 2018. And so for the inaugural episode, I am going to be getting into one of the biggest names in the history of organized crime. The contends that Mr. Gotti is a clear and continuing danger to the community. And in view of a potential life sentence in this case, it would be imprudent to grant him bail. Thank you, Ms. Giacalone. But you have not convinced me that Mr. Gotti is a flight risk. Gotti is a 2018 film that was theatrically released starring John Travolta. That alone makes it somewhat of a unicorn. Gotti has been paraded around by film Twitter, specifically, as something in the same league as a Troll 2 or Birdemic or the now oversaturated masterclass in how not to make a film, The Room. When I sat down and watched Gotti, I was expecting a movie that would be so comically bad that it would be entertaining. A true sight to behold. Those people were liars, scumbags. You should never trust anybody on Twitter, really. It brings out the biggest cretins on the internet. A bunch of mob mentality retards looking to pick a fight over usually nothing. Oh, somebody was eating peanut butter and tied their shoes and got peanut butter on their shoes. Oh, wow. Ooh, let's, let's call this person stupid and canceled. Bullies, that's what they are. That's what we called them back in my day is bullies. These bullies forced the gaudy movie makers into a corner where they ran a campaign against critics. Because let me tell you, the critics and the journalists and the Twittersphere are all interlinked. You know, it's like high school, mean girls, but every Regina George is just a gay-giving side-eye. You know, I try to avoid it as much as possible. Nothing but ruined careers ever comes out of Twitter. So, I mean, look, there's no purpose to it in 2018 if you are a reasonable human being. Okay? If you're looking for a reason to get angry, by all means, go on Twitter. If you want to sacrifice your life, go on Twitter. Uh, So, the Gotti Twitter account, you'd go there and you would see these ads like, Audiences love Gotti. Who are you going to trust, the public or a bunch of online trolls? Gotti currently resides at 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It may very well be the worst reviewed movie of the year. And let me tell you, If it is the worst-reviewed movie of the year, then this is a pretty good year for movies. Now, listen, please, do not take that as praise for Gotti. Make no mistake, this movie is bad, and it sucks. What is important to get across here, though, is that it is not bad in the way that it has been stated. Again, This was painted to be a so-bad-it's-good kind of movie. The kind of movie you would pay uh, $18 for midnight screening for, and, you know, you're you're, you're chanting along the lines of the film with the rest of the audience. You know, some kind of, you know, fun time had among many. But no, 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 no. Gotti is definitely not that type of movie. It is just plain bad. But it's not even that bad, which is 
kind of mind-blowing. Do you know what you're doing to this family? I will build something that nobody can destroy. Salute. Paul Castellano was a fish in the desert. I never respected Paul. You killed the boss's boss. You will bring down hellfire. There is no choice. Gotti stars John Travolta as the titular character John Gotti, and most people in America at least have somewhat of a vague idea of who Gotti was. He was a mobster who led the Gambino crime family. He did bad things, he killed people, he made money through illegal channels. These are the kinds of things a man like John Gotti does. And so this film, Gotti, chronicles his rise within the family, his fall, and his son John Gotti Jr. emerging as his successor. And John Gotti Jr., he is the executive producer of this film. So keep that in mind when you think about the particular choices that are made within the movie. And, you know, I want to touch on this later on, but that alone, it kind of, it kind of, it makes it hard to criticize the director, the writer, and everyone else involved, but I'll, I'll get to that. Technically speaking, the acting in this movie is okay. Among the leads, it is not outright bad. Stacy Keach actually does a pretty good job, even though you can tell he's phoning it in. He's just got that natural gravitas to him where no matter what, even if he gives a D-minus performance, his D-minus performance weighed against an actor of a uh, you know younger generation, perhaps, a, 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 a Matt Damon, if you will, giving a, a B-plus to an A-minus performance. You know, I'm going to go with the Stacy Keach D-minus over that. The peripheral actors in the movie, however, they're not amazing. They're not really pulling their weight, but it's nothing to write home about. The real weakness of this movie is the writing and the directing, but especially the writing. Some of the lines of dialogue here are putrid. It sounds like a baby wrote them. There's also scenes in this movie that serve no function at all to the greater plot. Now, one scene in particular comes to mind where John Gotti and his crew they're walking down the street, you know, they just got some news or whatever, and they run into this guy who's about 30 years old, and, uh, you know, he's got two buddies with him, and Gotti and this dude, they're shooting the breeze a little bit, and the guy tells him that some gym is being shut down or was shut down, and there's no point to that. They just carry on afterward, and it's never mentioned or brought up ever again this moment has no relation to the rest of the film. It's 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 puzzling why this is in here. I, I was I was literally confused a half hour after the fact, thinking back to that scene and feeling I I had not caught on to something that that had maybe set up. You know, it, it it was confusing. It was very confusing. It made me wonder if this was like one of the director's friends or maybe a friend of Gotti Jr. or, or, or maybe a man who had to be, uh, you know, shoehorned in as a favor to somebody on the production set or, or outside of that with a hardcore mafia ties still, you know. Or maybe this guy was just somebody who showed up on set one day with a bag of money and did one of those paid cameos where they give you a line for a $1,000. I have no idea, but it set my brain ablaze. Wilfred Johnson has been a confidential informant for the FBI for the past 19 years. It's a goddamn lie! Gotti, you're lying! She's lying! She's trying to get me killed! Counsel, restrain your client. In light of that information, if confirmed, 
Bail is denied on Johnson. If I stand strong, if I, if I refuse to testify, and we win, can I get a pass? This movie is full of so many questionable decisions, creatively speaking, just like that. And what what's kind of crazy to consider is that this movie was almost directed by Barry Levinson, who is a completely competent director. He's a guy who has won Academy Awards for his films uh, and, and being a director and screenwriter. He was attached to direct for a good part of the decade. And again, this is the kind of guy who's directing movies that people watch and they have a good experience with. We're talking about Good Morning Vietnam, Donnie Brasco, Wag the Dog, and as you know, as late as uh, you know, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino starring in the new HBO made-for-TV films The Wizard of Lies and Paterno. A very competent director. I can't stress that enough. Uh, you want to know who they replaced him with? E from Entourage. You, you want to know how I know it was E from Entourage? The soundtrack, okay? The soundtrack sounds exactly like an episode of Entourage. You'd expect, you know, maybe some some classic, you know, but it's not that at all. You know, you don't get any Godfather-inspired tracks or even like 80s push-it-to-the-limit Scarface shit. No, you get Pitbull and what sounds like hip-hop tracks from a guy peddling his physical mixtape outside a subway station. It is atrocious. I look at these decisions made, and I, 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 have a, I just have a hunch that that is the result of the directing of Kevin Connolly here. Uh, but it's difficult to say whether or not other parts of the movie are indeed an indictment of Kevin Connolly or uh, him simply being kind of a pushover toward Gotti Jr., the producer here, who maybe has his own vision in mind for the movie. Oh, I'd actually like to see this included in the script. You know, the last screenwriter didn't have this part of my father's life. Actually, you know, my, my, my dad would have handled this matter in this kind of regard, you know, doing shit like that, because that can really fucking spoil a movie. It can spoil anything. You have too many cooks. Sometimes two people is too many cooks. You know, other times, you know, a committee is, uh, you know, it can improve. It can improve the end result. But oftentimes I find, no, no, it does not. And Kevin Connolly, to my knowledge, doesn't have any well-known films under his belt until now for all the wrong reasons. So I can't say firsthand as somebody who has uh, not checked out any of his earlier work. I know he did a an ESPN documentary, but, you know, you can hardly uh, judge that. Uh, against Gotti. It's literally, uh, listen, actors work hard, and obviously I've been yeah. acting since I'm a little kid, but directing is like next level, haunting kind of hours of sleepless nights. And, and if you have a John Travolta, someone who's, who you probably grew up watching too, of course. do you feel weird saying, you know what, what we really need is a little more of yeah, this? Yeah, how's directing? Yeah. Well, at first, I'm... yeah, there's that first day where you're like, yeah. how am I going to tell him? Yeah. You present it like, is there any yeah. value in maybe trying it this way? But John, John is great, and he's yeah. uh, John Gotti Jr. is a producer of the movie, and Amazing. you know, if you if you hear like all the ties that John Travolta wears and the pocket squares, it's all 
It's all the real uh, John Gotti stuff, really? which is funny because you could actually you could actually smell the cologne. And so there, because there are so many questionable moments in Gotti the movie that just don't make any sense whatsoever. I have to. I just. I have. My gut is telling me here that John Gotti Jr., the producer, was muddying the waters a little bit. This is not based on any kind of facts, just intuition on my part. But I also, you know, I saw this interview with Kevin Connolly where he was talking to Sway around the time of the movie's premiere. And Sway makes an offhand comment like, oh, well, you better not fuck this up because, you know, they could have you killed. And Kevin Connolly, he's playing along with it, but he's kind of not really playing. And you can kind of tell he's got like one foot in the water, one foot out as far as talking about this subject where, you know, he's developed this relationship of sorts with John Gotti Jr. and perhaps the rest of the Gotti family. But at the same time, of course there's going to be a pressure on you. You're handling a, a known criminal, a known dangerous man in a dangerous family who is incredibly well-connected. I can't help but believe that this maybe impaired his judgment on the set. And, you know, I, perhaps that had something to do with Barry Levinson bowing out of the project. What would that have looked like had he directed? Would it have been a better film? Almost certainly, but that that can't be said as a as as a complete and utter guarantee. It might go from uh, zero to five percent. I I have no idea, but to put somebody in that kind of potentially hostile environment where you're going to have to ultimately kowtow to whoever's the most well connected, that being Gotti's son. You're really just a director for hire. You might as well be doing an episode of CSI Miami. You know, you're kind of useless. You're not really calling the shots here. So for that reason, I don't think it's particularly fair to go after Kevin Connolly, at least in this case. You know, you could, you know, the easy argument could be something like, uh, oh, well, you know, Martin Scorsese had to co-write Goodfellas with that one guy who ratted out his mob friends and then, you know, he wound up rejoining the mob and then he got locked up, da 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 da, da. Different circumstance, okay? And, you know, you're not gonna put this movie... Well, you know, it's a weird time. It's a very weird time because I don't think that if... And I, I'm really, I'm genuinely not trying to compare Gotti to any of the work of Scorsese, but honestly, if you had a mafia movie of that caliber that was genuinely fantastic, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say Casino. Casino is released in 2018. I don't think that the reception to it would be as warm as it was in 1995 or 1996, whenever it came out. For whatever reason, this particular generation of moviegoers doesn't seem that interested in organized crime movies. The, the last real generation to care about that sort of thing, I think, was in the mid-aughts where Scarface and his popularity, that film, Brian De Palma's uh, rendition of Scarface, had this resurgence of popularity in, uh, you know, gangster culture, right? 
and people were very into that and Grand Theft Auto also helped ignite that to a degree but the fact that many people in Hollywood are letting journalist opinions dictate how they shape their companies and what kind of movies they greenlight I don't know if we're ever really going to see that kind of movie come back in full form and be just as popular. Now, this will be put to the test in, I believe, 2019 when The Irishman comes out, oh God, through Netflix. And, you know, that's going to be the, t the type of movie you, you have to go see during its limited two-week run in the theater. That, you know... It is a reunion of Scorsese, De Niro, Joe Pesci, and then they're throwing Al Pacino in there for good measure. Harvey Keitel's in there as well. So it's the entire classic roundup plus Pacino. And that film is going to be the last dying breath of the mob genre. At least, probably. That reminds me. Mac Miller is dead! Which leads me to Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon has the finest antibacterial underwear. Uh, I don't have a Mac Weldon sponsorship. Now, the secret's out. I downloaded a torrent, an HD torrent of Gotti. I stole the movie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bad fellow, just like Gotti himself. But I was kind of curious, what special features are on the Gotti DVD? And I... I, I googled Gotti DVD. It is currently available from Best Buy for $13.99. Uh, oh, Walmart has a 21% dry, uh, price drop here at $12.39. Not so shabby. Let me just take a look here. And uh, I'm clicking over to Amazon, which, you know, will probably get you the best deal on it. It has yet to be released. It's going to be coming out later this month, September 25th. The perfect uh, fall holiday gift. We have, oh my god, it's actually, it's number 90 in dramas. 510 in movies and TV, three stars out of five. And, you know, I've, I've given my thoughts about this movie. I think it would actually be a great opportunity because I've run out of material to talk about here regarding Gaudi. Uh, if I just read off some of the customer reviews here, there are only five reviews. So, you know, this will be brief. Um, we have... <clears throat> A three-star review from the movie guy. The movie guy. Ho oh, ho. August 27th, 2018. Three out of five stars. Orange is the new Gotti is the title of the review. This is a biopic of the life of John Gotti and son. The film romanticizes his life and spends about half the time dealing with family relations. Travolta in the title role of The Godfather comes off as a caricature with his overly fake accent while the supporting cast fared better. It takes but a short while to stop laughing at the accent. The film is told as a flashback with real footage of the era. Guide. F-word. No sex or nudity. So he's being uh, kind of complimentary to those who have sensitive ears here. Uh, there are also some five-star reviews. People seem to love this movie. Nico Nico writes, Critics were biased. Five stars. Don't believe the so-called critics. The movie was great. Looking forward to getting it. And four people found that helpful. Patrick J. Leahy writes, Five stars. Audiences loved Gotti. Critics put out the hit. 
Who would you trust more, yourself or a troll behind a keyboard? You know, I've seen I've seen this slogan here, not just in the Twitter advertisements that I had mentioned before, but when I went and checked out that Kevin Connolly interview on Sway on YouTube, somebody had wrote this as well. Kind of kind of interesting, kind of fishy. I'm not trying to, you know, draw any conclusions here, but I think all these folks may just be related. So, for me anyway, as of this point in time, Amazon does not appear to be showing what any of these special features on the Gaudi DVD are. I have had to go over to the Best Buy listing for Gaudi, where actually it does note what the special features are, or in this case, special feature. Uh, the special feature is English SDH, which I can only assume means subtitle uh, DH. So uh, that is the kind of thing that you're getting with this Gaudi DVD. It is, uh, you know, chock full of quality here. I imagine that, uh, you know, some of that old stock footage from the late 80s and early 90s will look its best on the disc as opposed to a digital copy. You know, you can't trust those trolls behind the keyboard uploading shoddy-looking versions of the film. Certainly not. Um, anyhow, I'm gonna put a pin in this movie. You know, if you want to watch it, it's it's not gonna feel like an outright waste of time. I'll tell you what Gotti feels like. It feels like the equivalency of a uh, made-for-TV movie from the 90s that would be like the movie of the week on HBO but with violence and swearing okay that's the kind of thing that you are going to be getting yourself into if you sit down and watch this movie now whether or not that that's something that you think you can endure that's obviously debatable that depends on a person's taste I was able to watch it with ease uh, because, you know, some of those types of movies are actually up my alley. Was this one? Not really. No, I, I'm not going to watch it again. Uh, I don't plan on purchasing a physical copy or a digital copy of this movie or supporting the filmmakers in any way, shape, or form. Uh, do I view it as a waste of time? No. Is it the worst movie that I have seen this year? It is not. The worst movie that I have seen this year would be a Netflix film called... I think it's called How It Ends, uh, and it featured Forrest Whitaker, and it was essentially a million-dollar car commercial that was uh, propaganda for, for uh, like, Mercedes or some fucking, or Dodge or some, one of these car companies. I think that they gave a lot of money to some Chinese producers and Netflix, and then they cooked up this really terrible film and tricked people into watching it, and that movie was even less coherent than Gotti. Gotti, I could at least appreciate that, uh, you know, it had a one, two, three structure to it. Also, yes, that movie was called How It Ends, and it stars a man named Theo James. This is really, it, it's my worst fear, to be honest with you. My worst fear going forward with movies. Hey, what time is it? Six in the morning in Seattle. My mother just called. What happened last night? I'm sorry. He was into me from the second I got in. Why did you move my daughter away from me? Moving was Sam's idea. If I'd asked for his blessing last night, he would have said no, so I didn't. I'm getting late. Okay, I gotta go. Okay, call me when you get to the airport. What was that? Well, something's wrong. 
Sam. This movie in, in many ways represents the worst case scenario for American cinema where, uh, you know, it's treated in the same fashion as TV of the 1950s. But instead of Desi Arnaz smoking a camel cigarette and talking to the camera, you know, you have uh, Forrest Whitaker twitching as people shoot at him and he's bleeding out in the back of a car. It's uh, terrible. Anyway, Gotti by comparison... I, I could recommend Gotti. I cannot recommend how it ends. I'm not even going to do an episode on that awful, terrible movie. And uh, yeah, that that essentially concludes my analysis here of Gotti for episode one. Uh, next week, I am going to be discussing Black Klansman, the new Spike Lee joint. Have a seat. Go ahead and uh, fill these out. Send them to the national headquarters. Now, once they send you your membership card, you'll be able to participate in... All our programs. I'm cool, I can't wait. I love the commercials. Imperial tax to become a member, $10 for the year. $15 chapter fee. Robes and hoods are not included. That's extra. Fucking inflation. Let me tell you, I'm a Spike Lee fan. I had reasonable expectations going into that movie, but they were, you know, probably taken down a peg more than maybe another filmmaker's new release would have. You know, he's one of my top five or so favorite filmmakers, along with somebody like uh, Refn or uh, maybe Lars von Trier or Scorsese. And, you know, they uh, you know, they offer reliable movies anytime something new comes out from uh, their catalog. Spike Lee has not had a genuine hit in a while. At least not one that actually feels like his movie and not a studio-compromised commercial vehicle. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I, uh, I was pleased that uh, Spike Lee was given a bit of a budget to mess around with and do his thing on a larger scale than what we've seen over the past 15 or 20 years. Uh, will that actually pan out well now that the director is uh, almost in his 60s, I believe? You're just going to have to tune in to the next episode and find out. Uh, if you're interested in recommending films for me to talk about for this show, uh, there are going to be archives on YouTube as well as on iTunes. And, you know, please subscribe on either of those feeds and sound off in the comments or in the review form on iTunes where uh, I will be reading over what I receive and potentially make decisions based off of your suggestions. If you want me to review the upcoming uh, Marvel Avengers film, don't get your hopes up. Maybe I'll talk about it, but I'm really, I'm out on Marvel until, until, until at least Blade comes back. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But that has been episode one of Movies. Thank you for tuning into this and giving it a listen. If you want to help the operation and assist in building the Lorez brand, go over to lorez.live. That is the hub for all Lorez content or patreon.com slash Lorez. Contribute a dollar a month or more because genuinely, it, it helps much more than you even realize, okay? Even a buck. If, if there was a penny option, you know, maybe that might help, probably not. But I mean, a dollar a month, it culminates and it helps cover a lot of the expenses of keeping these things afloat the ideal here is to turn this podcast and everything related to the brand into a self-fueling operation. 
where we don't have to worry about the upload fees or the website bills or anything like that, that all of that comes back around and is covered thanks to the help of listeners like you. And in return, if you go over to Patreon, you want to contribute a dollar, you know, it's not going to be a fruitless act. You will get some exclusive videos, writing, and perhaps even audio. Who, who, you know, who's to say? Now that we have this up and rolling, anything can happen. So again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back next week. And until next time, I'm your host, Lores, and this has been Movies. Thank you.